When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. It's Friday, everybody. Friday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show starts right now. We've got a lot for you today. We'll take you off into the weekend with all of the stuff you need to know. And we're going to have some fun in the process, as we always do. New York City Mayor Eric Adams says they can't take any more legal immigrants. No more room at the inn, so to speak. We will uh, get into what's going on there a little later on the program. Uh, Jason Aldean continues to get a lot of attention and a lot of people standing uh, standing up for him and his music in this process. The controversy that seems entirely manufactured by the left will bring you the uh, the latest salvo they are, are firing at him on this one. Um, and we've also got... Miranda Devine with us at the bottom of this hour. She is the author of Laptop from Hell. She is a uh, New York Post columnist and expert on all things Hunter Biden after the whistleblower situation yesterday. Oh, Clay, did you see? Because we talked about this without even knowing it. The blackout on IRS whistleblower content across the major media outlets was... Just even if you expect it to see it happen, it's pretty amazing that they're just like, yeah. And the other one I love is so-called. So many of these media outlets say so-called whistleblower. Well, they were at the IRS for many years. They're decorated IRS officers who say that there was a problem with this. That's called the whistleblower. Just because you don't like the whistle doesn't mean that it's not a whistleblower, if you know what I mean. Just because you don't like what the subject matter may be. But we'll talk to Miranda Devine about that one. But you called it yesterday. Like, how many people even know about this that are CNN yes. and New York Times audience? Well, if if it's just this case, they probably don't know at all because they just didn't cover it. Um, and that's that's that. But the big news today, which we want to dive into, is we've been discussing when will these trials of Trump occur, and we've been going back and forth on will it happen before or after the election because that obviously will have really major implications for the election and some people would even say for the country we are in a crazy period here well clay judge eileen cannon has set may 2024 for the trial date for the document case the one about mar-a-lago document holding so she set the trial date for may um, it's a bit of a ways off, could still change. What are your biggest takeaways and thoughts on this one right now? So first of all, to be to be honest, this morning, because um, I've said it on the show, I was surprised that she said it on May 24th. So let, let's contextualize where that sets. The nominee for the Republican uh, for the Republican primaries will have been selected by the time this trial would begin. And frankly, Remember, I believe the uh, 
uh, the New York City. I'm not sure the exact trial date, but it's in March for the you know bogus bookkeeping uh, felony that they charged New York City did New York State. Um, so in theory, you would have Trump on trial March, April, May, June, and July of 2024. Now all of these dates, in theory, are after the, uh, the likely Republican nominee would have already been selected. So there is a little bit of a, 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 I would say, a pause as you get ready. Now, I don't know whether May 24th will end up occurring. I actually think we're getting to a calendar situation where it's very, very difficult for this D.C. charges in the event that they occur or Atlanta occurs for them to be slotted before the election. Now, maybe maybe we'll see exactly how this all plays out. Big picture, uh, I think that Trump has a very good chance to beat the charges in South Florida because you are going to have a jury that is at least made up of half Trump voters. I think there are many people in South Florida right now listening to us, Buck, that would love to be on that jury and would, uh, as a juror, negate any opportunity to convict Donald Trump because they love this country and they believe that these are bogus political charges. And that's, frankly, if I were seated on a jury. Have you ever been on a jury, Buck? No, I always got excused very quickly. Okay, so I, I've never been on a jury either. I've obviously been in courtrooms uh, as the on the lawyer side. I was once called for jury duty. I thought I was going to get seated. I was in the jury box, like, and then one of the attorneys struck me because he said he liked listening. <laughs> this is actually true. Because he said he liked listening to my sports talk radio show and he didn't want to take me off the air for a couple of weeks, which was pretty funny. Um, uh, but I almost got seated uh, in, in, in that case. And what's so fascinating about it is really the jury selection is every bit as important as the actual trial itself. Because when you are selecting that jury as a uh, skilled lawyer you are trying to read body language you're trying to analyze people based on very limited sets of information and I I think it would be almost impossible for a diehard Trump supporter not to get on that jury and uh, and not to negate the trial which Trump if it's a hung jury that doesn't mean he's not guilty it means they can't come to a verdict which Trump I think would take as supreme vindication in this being a political charge so I'm looking ahead uh, but that is uh, that's what I immediately think as I start to analyze this next year. So that's on the I think on the legal component of it, on the yeah. political reality that we now face. You have a Republican presidential front runner who's up at least twenty points or so to his nearest con- uh, competitor right now. Uh, the DeSantis team, as I understand it, there was a story yesterday in Politico that they're doing a um, essentially a rebrand, if you will, and, and a redo in many ways of the uh, DeSantis campaign because they just haven't seen the gap closing with Trump yet. They have a lot of money, and it's early. Yeah. That's their that's their message. Um, but on the political side of this, what you're going to have is the federal trial is going to come after, effectively, the Republican nominee has been chosen, assuming that this May date of next year holds. So then you're going to have in a general election or, you know, right before or it'll go, what, about a couple of weeks. So I guess, uh, you know, you, you can argue a little bit here with what the actual scheduling and timeline will be. But effectively, you'll know who the Republican nominee is. And he may very well be, assuming it is Trump, facing federal felony criminal charges in a court in Florida while the election is ongoing. Yes. Um, And we'll have to see if they try to put in the Jack Smith charges that we're still waiting for. Probably going to come down either later today, could come down while we're on this show or next week. uh, That they may have at least three. Well, not at least three. They could have up to three and then maybe with Atlanta four criminal trials, Clay. Yes. Of the president. I mean, if they're going to do one before, they may do all of them. Um, because the trial itself won't last that long. They're setting it for two weeks. So the possibility here of they're making sure that Trump is the nominee and then making sure that they rig the system against Trump as the nominee, it feels like this is strengthening that thesis for a lot of people. I think that's 
They, they're making sure, but this is also why I say it's going to be Biden, everybody. If this all holds, it's going to be Biden that's running because this is all about the way they rig the game. It's not about, is Biden compelling? Does Biden have enough energy? Is he a smart guy? Is he selling out the country? They don't care. This is how they think they win. What we are seeing right now, using the legal system to do their dirty work for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw where, was it Mediate, um, said that I had a crazy, wacky conspiracy theory. They wrote a huge story about how crazy it was, and people have been jumping on this, and I think you agree with me, and we've been saying it for a while, which is why I was kind of surprised. To me, the, this is all politics, and the politics is pretty simple. And you, oh, by the way, let's open up phone lines, because some people disagree with this, but I, I again, there's only one rational basis under which the Democrats are are moving, right? I said, Buck, there are three possibilities here. One is Democrats are totally committed to the rule of law and they can't stomach the fact that Trump has... And I can't even finish that argument. All of you know that's a joke. I mean, just look at what they're letting Joe Biden get away with. Okay, so that one's out the window. The other one is they desperately fear Trump. This is what some diehard Trump supporters want to believe, but I just don't buy it. They desperately fear Trump and so they are trying to knock him out of the election with these charges, but that doesn't add up because Trump gets strengthened in the Republican primary every time new charges are brought. And we've seen that. To me, that is yes. what the data shows the rally to Trump effect from the charges. That's that's 100%. we've played out the experiment so far. So that doesn't make sense. They're not going to take him off the ballot in 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 Iowa and New Hampshire. He's going to be right now the nominee, it appears. I mean, he is a prohibitive favorite. Doesn't mean he can't get beaten down the stretch. We're still six months away from the first uh, actual people being able to voice their their opinions in the Republican primary in January. Things can change, but I haven't seen anything, any sign that things are going to change yet. So I don't buy this idea of, oh, they're terrified of Trump. They want him out, and this is an attempt to knock him off the ballot. They can't do that. So I don't buy that one. I think this is quite clearly, Buck, the third option here. They, meaning the Democrat Party, have made the calculation that Trump being charged strengthens him in the uh, Republican primary race, makes him the nominee, and they want to run, whether it's Biden or someone else, but I think to your point, Biden definitely wants to run against Trump. I think it would be more likely, I, I still question, I still don't think Biden has the physical ability, and I think it's going to be hard to argue that he does. You're even more cynical on that than I am. You like that you think they'll fetterman him and do whatever they wheel need him to out with the blanket on his knees, drooling on himself. They don't care, but keep going. Um, and so the only option is that they are doing this to strengthen Trump in the in the Republican primary and guarantee that he's the nominee. And then they know because they're looking at the data that they're simultaneously weakening him in the general, they don't think that Trump can win in 24, which is why they want to run against him. I mean, I'll say this. there You will not come across... If, if, if you think about this like a Democrat operative for a second, yes. which I think is very useful, don't think about it like a Trump supporter, don't think about it like a Republican, a Democrat operative sitting there would say they don't believe that... Look, if they believe that they got away with cheating, and there's there's the... What rules were changed with COVID? There's a lot of things. There's a lot of ways we can talk about this. But the 2020 election was rigged for Biden. I think that's very fair yes. to say. The degree to but which it was, people can agree or disagree. They, they can they can argue about the about the degree, but the point is, whatever they did before, they're very confident they can do again. Yes. So you have to remember that everybody. They think they're going up against the same Trump and the same election system that whatever they were able to do last time, they're planning to do something similar this time. So this notion that they're I, I, what I can't get past is if if I were a Democrat operative, I would want exactly the matchup that this is going to be, which is Joe Biden running against Trump again while Trump is facing at least two, probably four. And then there's also that civil case for criminal indictments. Yes. And people will say, oh, but the base is going to rally to him. Yeah, I'm rallying to him. You're rallying to him. People are saying this is bogus. Our independents are swing voters. That's all that matters. Where we're thinking about who's going to win the primary, they're thinking about who's going to win the election. Now, now the other side of this is there are Trump voters who I know will say, doesn't matter because he's going to find a way through all this. They haven't been able to stop him yet. They're not going to stop him with this. They 
thought they could stop him in 2016, and look what he managed to pull off. This is going to basically the argument becomes this is 2016, not 2020 again, effectively, in how this is going to run. Now, that's for the voters to decide. That's not for you and me to decide. Like, we don't know, right? Yeah. But right now, it is it is absolutely difficult to process how crazy this election is going to be with multiple Think about it. There was a time when we were saying, it's unprecedented, Clay. They're yeah. charging him in New York. And now we're saying they're going to charge him at least three times. Yes. Three different cases. The only analogy I can think of, Buck, <clears throat> and this is not obviously a political analogy. Do you remember when Kobe Bryant was standing trial for rape and he was taking private jet flights back to play basketball games for the L.A. Lakers? That's a crazy point in history. Um, I don't know how many people out there listening to me. I, I can expound upon it a little bit. Um, the But Kobe Bryant was charged with rape in Colorado. He was standing trial for rape. And he would go to the courtroom during the day. He would take a private jet flight to L.A. And he would sometimes play games for the Lakers in the evening. So, I mean, that is a wild historical, you know, celebrity analogy to make. But it would be somewhat akin to that. I mean, just the sheer amount of energy it would take, Buck. Just think about this. We'll talk about it. But to be on trial all day in a criminal trial and multiple criminal trials finish the day, and then try to go campaign somewhere? I mean, it, it, it's re- and then get back in time to be there in the morning in a suit I, in front of the jury? Let's, let's, op- let's make sure we get the lines open on this yeah. one uh, because I want, we, want, we want, you know, pro and, uh, and anti. I mean, you know, what, what do you think about all this? You know, give us both sides of the coin, 800-282-2882. Look, uh, I just finished a book. It's going to be out in a couple of weeks. At one point, I was sitting down in front of my laptop. I thought I lost the entire book. No matter what you do for a living, you probably have had a moment where you worked pretty hard on something, whether it was on your phone, whether it was on your laptop, wherever it was, your iPad, your connected devices, and something went wrong, there was a glitch, and all of a sudden you were terrified that you had lost that, that you'd worked so hard on. Uh, That's because many of us depend on technology, smartphones, laptops, tablets. We put our lives into these things. As great as it can be, the technology is, is fantastic. It's also a total nightmare when it crashes, whether it's a book like I was writing, whether it's documents on uh, your business, whether it's just your family's personal finances that you're helping to take control of. That's why you need iDrive. It's the easiest, most secure cloud backup solution there is. Plans start at less than 7 bucks a month. You can use my name as your promo code, Clay, at checkout for 90% off for the first year. That's iDrive.com, promo code Clay, 90% off iDrive.com. Promo code Clay. Do it today. They're here to shed light on the truth every day. Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. 
This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, Clay, everywhere I go, everywhere I go, and people talk to me about politics, friends of mine, family members, uh, RFK Jr. seems to come up now as much as anything else as a topic of conversation. And uh, I, I think it's... It's very interesting as well to see there are people who are saying, well, he's a lifetime lib. Why would you trust him? And that's my first, that's my first inclination to be fair. But I've liked a lot of the things that he has said and the fact that he's willing to go against how many Democrats go against Democrat orthodoxy these days. None. It's yeah. And so that's really the part of this. You say, hold on a second. It's a throwback to what we used to think of as, I think he's still a Democrat really at his core. But I think he's a Democrat from 30 or 40 years ago um, in some ways. And so that's interesting to people. And maybe yeah. he's fighting for the Democrat Party now. I'll just bring this up because JFK, JFK's grandson has endorsed Joe Biden and says that RFK Jr.'s campaign is an embarrassment. What? Who betrays their family for a pat on the head from the New York Times? Like, what a gross thing to do. We got yeah, Miranda Devine with us now. Yeah, we want to get. Let's okay. We got Miranda. We're, we're wondering where Miranda hey. was. Miranda's with us. Laptop from Hell is her book. New York Post columnist. Miranda, tell us what the biggest thing for you from the revelations from the oversight committee about the Biden crime family. What's new? What's important? Hey, hello. How are you guys? Um, I, I just find it astonishing and frightening, really, that this. A document that Chuck Grasley released yesterday um, has been buried by the FBI. You know, the the story of corruption with the the Biden family, I guess, is something, the influence peddling that's gone on in Washington, D.C. on both sides for a long time. And that's bad, and the Bidens have taken in millions of dollars from around the world. But the cover-up is something else. You know, it's bigger than Watergate, I think. And the fact that you have the FBI um, seemingly involved, the DOJ, all these whistleblowers that are coming out um, are showing us the extent to which um, these institutions covered up for Joe Biden um, in a way that never happens with anyone else. Um, and also remember the CIA was involved with that um, dirty 51 letter pretending that the laptop and our stories about it were Russian disinformation. Um, and, you know, that that was five of the top former CIA directors. And also it looked as if uh, we find out recently that there was um, at least one CIA employee was involved in soliciting signatures. So I, in... Just as with Watergate, I think the cover-up is even bigger than the crime. No doubt. And, and I just want to hammer home what revelations we got in short order in the last 48 hours. We got Miranda, for the first time I've seen, you tell me if I'm wrong, an FBI agent under oath acknowledging that they knew the Hunter Biden laptop was real uh, at the time that the New York Post story came out and that they declined to tell. They told Twitter and then said no comment, and they declined to tell Facebook and other entities uh, that they knew the laptop, the FBI did, knew the laptop was real. They, they then allowed the 51 intelligence agents uh, letter to come out. Uh, we also found out that there was a very credible allegation that Joe and Hunter Biden had each been paid $5 million for Burisma to, in, among other things, help a prosecutor get fired in Ukraine. And then we also have Joe Biden on video bragging in 2018 about getting a Ukrainian prosecutor fired or he wouldn't allow them to get a billion-dollar debt uh, policy in place. And on top of all that, 
We also had the double IRS whistleblowers saying that they weren't allowed to do their entire job against uh, Joe Biden. Miranda, any one of those three would have been considered, I think, fairly a blockbuster revelation. They all landed in the last 48 hours. And to your point, the New York Times, the Washington Post, MSNBC and CNN are mostly choosing not to cover it. That's right. The IRS whistleblowers, they've barely covered, but only to run the Democrat line that these guys are so-called whistleblowers and it's just a misunderstanding between investigators and prosecutors, which is very common, happens all the time, and these guys are just disgruntled. So they they only covered that to um, bury it. And, and as far as the revelations that you just said, bombshell from Chuck Grasley yesterday, this FD-1020. 23 document, um, which is basically a confidential human source, trusted, credible, 10-year source of the FBI, who is paid by the FBI, is talking to the owner of Burisma, a guy called Zlachevsky, who was a buddy of Hunter Biden, who was paying Hunter Biden a million dollars a year to sit on the board at the time that he was a crackhead, uh, and who went, went hunting and fishing with um, with Hunter Biden at his uh, Norwegian hideaway. Um, this is the guy who is saying to the confidential human source that I have paid off the two Bidens, uh, $5 million each. Um, I was forced to do that. I had to put Hunter, um, you know, bring him into the company. Joe asked me to do that. Um, and in return... Uh, he was going to fire the prosecutor, Victor Shokin, who is the same prosecutor as he said that in 2018, Joe Biden is there on video, on stage, boasting that he uh, fired. And yet only last week we had the Washington Post come out yet again with a fact check saying, oh, no, it's not true that the prosecutor was investigating Burisma at the time he was fired. He was fired because he was corrupt. Victor Shokin was pursuing an aggressive investigation of Burisma. That's on the record. And he had just issued a warrant to seize all the property of Zlachevsky, the guy who says that he was paying bribes to the Bidens. Um, and a month later, Joe Biden gets him fired. And the proof of the pudding is the fact that the replacement prosecutor didn't do anything, didn't pursue any investigations against this corrupt energy company or its owner, Zlachevsky. He got off scot-free. Um, so the firing of Shokin worked for him. Miranda, at this point, and we're speaking to Miranda Devine, her book is Laptop from Hell. You should all check it out. Um, what, are we, what are we still trying to find out? I mean, it does feel like we know more than enough to know what happened here. Uh, is it just in your mind now a question of tracking down? It always feels like there's more money than what has been officially accounted for here, at least in the reporting. Is that, uh, is that the big, the big question here? I mean, is it, is it tying Joe Biden himself to these ill-gotten gains? What are you looking at for, for the next phase of this story? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that the um, focus has been by the Republicans and certainly by us at the Post. Um, has been on Joe Biden and his connection. Uh, clearly, he's lied to the American people when he said he didn't know anything about Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings. And uh, and so uh, I think one of the, the, the next stages is going to be Devin Archer, who is Hunter Biden's former business partner who's heading to jail um, and really has nothing to lose. He's uh, going to be testifying. He was supposed to be testifying on Monday, that's um, mysteriously been changed. Um, they're, they're waiting for some documents, um, uh, I think, to become available. But that he'll be on next week at some point. And he knows about Joe Biden's involvement in particular. He was involved in this Ukraine, uh, the entire Ukraine deal. He was on the board of Burisma with Hunter. Hunter described him as his best friend in business. Um, Devin Archer went to the White House and met with Joe Biden uh, shortly before he and Hunter joined the board. Um, and he will be able to tell us, among other things, how Joe Biden um, used to uh, basically tune in. On Hunter would put him on the speakerphone when he was having uh, meetings with um, various prospective clients. 
just to prove that he could get his, you know, the vice president on the line any time. And so, um, and he, he'll have other things to say. So I think that will be interesting. And then there are other whistleblowers that are, are coming through. And every time, you know, the whistleblowers speak, I think that pricks the conscience of other people in the FBI or in the IRS or in any of these um, agencies who know that there's been a cover-up and that's how we got this FD-1023 form uh, because a whistleblower came forward to Chuck Grasley. Otherwise, Christopher Ray would have got away with... He lied to Chuck Grasley and James Comer because he said it didn't even exist. And then finally, when they were dragged kicking and screaming... They um, to to show the the document to James Comer in a sort of secure room. They wouldn't hand it over. They redacted so much out of it, um, and and just gratuitous things that just serve to protect the Bidens. For instance, the FBI originally redacted the line where Zlachevsky says how dumb Hunter Biden is. <laughs> he says he's dumber than his dog. So why would you re- re- redact that? The, the FBI saying, oh, it's to protect, uh, you know, sources and methods. It's got nothing to do. They also redacted the, uh, the, the line where it says that Lechevsky was recording uh, Hunter and Joe Biden, 17 recordings that he kept for insurance. Um, and uh, that was taken out as well. Now, I don't know why you would do that um, unless you're just protecting Joe Biden. Last question for you, Miranda, and you've killed it um, reporting this since uh, since October when this first went public, and we've got just a short time here uh, for a response. But over 50% of Democrats still believe the Russian disinformation lie associated with the laptop. Um, how frustrating is it to you that this probably is the most successful disinformation campaign in American modern political history that the Democrats have been able to pretend that this isn't true? And, and that huge majorities of their base still believe it's a total lie. Yeah, it's it's really it's dispiriting, but it's frightening, and uh, it just has exposed that there are half the media, and that's the prestige media, talking about New York Times, Washington Post, are in bed with the intelligence agencies, with the deep state, with the Democrats, and they are refusing to do their job as journalists. And I don't know how you get the message across to that half of the country that they're being lied to and kept in the dark. Miranda Vine, everybody. Check out Laptop from Hell. Miranda, always appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much, Clay and Buck. My pillow is 20 years old this month and celebrating that milestone with great deals on some of their most popular, most comfortable products. My pillow employees want to thank you by giving you the lowest price in history on their Amazing my pillow, the one that started it all. When you use our names as the promo code Clay and Buck, you'll receive a queen size pillow for nineteen ninety eight. That's right, my pillow queen size nineteen ninety eight. That's more than fifty percent off. Plus, the king size is only ten dollars more. In addition to this special anniversary offer on the pillows, there are deep discounts on all kinds of my pillow products. I'm sitting here right now. I have my feet in my my slippers. I love the my slippers, but you probably need a new my pillow or you need your first my pillow. Go hook it up now. Plus, they've got pet beds, blankets, towels, all kinds of stuff. Go to MyPillow.com. Click on Radio Listener Specials. Receive this offer on the queen-size MyPillow for $19.98. Use promo code BUCK. That's right. Go to MyPillow.com and use that promo code BUCK for these amazing specials. Or you can call them at 800-792-3269. This comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee, folks. If you're not completely satisfied, you get a total refund. But you're going to love these. Clay and Buck is the promo code. MyPillow.com is the website. Go check it out. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Find every podcast as they're released and listen. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. Welcome in. Hour number two, Friday edition. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. It has been considering... It's the middle of July, and a lot of people are on vacation, and it tends to get pretty quiet everywhere between now and Labor Day, by and large, and everybody comes back from vacation. It's been, I would say, a pretty incredible week for news. And the latest bit of news that we started off the show talking about 
Buck, is the May 24th trial date being set in South Florida. And I want to open up phone lines 800-282-2882 to allow you guys to weigh in the next couple of hours as we roll through the Friday edition of the program. But, Buck, in the first hour, I mentioned the only analogous situation that I can think about in any similar way to having a celebrity stand trial while also doing his other job, right? In theory, Trump might well be the Republican nominee for president standing trial for felony charges. There could legitimately be a situation where he is in South Florida at the trial in the day, then he hops on his plane and he flies to another part of the country and he campaigns as president of the United States in Wisconsin or Pennsylvania or Georgia or Arizona, all these places that are going to be the quote-unquote toss-up states. And so, the only analogy I can think of, do you remember this? Kobe Bryant was charged with rape in Eagle, Colorado, and he would go to the criminal trial, and he would attend it, and then when the day at court ended, he would get on a private plane fly to Los Angeles, and sometimes play for the L.A. Lakers that night. A lot of people have forgotten that this occurred. This would have been maybe like 2004-ish. I need to look up the years. I don't remember, but in the last 20 years. And people couldn't get over. First of all, you could never do that today. You couldn't be an athlete standing trial for rape, playing basketball for your team in the evening. I think the media would lose its mind. But... Think about uh, the big part of the discussion was the amount of mental toughness and energy required to stand trial all day, then get on an airplane, fly somewhere, and play a basketball game is akin to me, Buck, to what Trump would be required to do. Sit in that courtroom all day. The difference is Kobe Bryant at the time was like 27 or 28 years old, maybe younger, Super highly tuned athlete, probably has energy through the roof. Trump will be 77. One thing that I don't think people are talking about enough associated with this, I think 78 maybe at the time that the trial would be going on. This isn't just a direct attack on our elections by Democrats. It also is a direct attack on Trump because how in the world can you campaign for the most important job in the world when you are required to be sitting at a defendant table for months at a time during the election year. It's a really ironic switch, isn't it? Because Joe Biden was able to become president by choosing to not campaign, and now the Democrats are hoping to keep Joe Biden president by stopping Trump from campaigning. Yeah, That's that's effectively what we see going on here. And the question will be, is it, the biggest question of all, of course, is will, will it actually work? Um, I, and I have to say, if they're not allowing, if they're setting trial dates, this one set for May, uh, the one for the documents at Mar-a-Lago, uh, and obstruction, it's actually really an obstruction case, and I think that's where legal analysts, including conservative legal analysts, think there's the greatest degree of legal jeopardy for Trump. Although I'm with you, I think that in Florida... You get one Trump voter on that jury and he's going to say, it's just nullification. It's going to be this yes. is crap. This never should have happened. I mean, I, I'd say this. If I were on that jury, I wouldn't let them convict him. You know what I mean? I mean, I not a do, surprise to anybody, but I'm hey, just saying, I'd be like, no, you could no way. Be, you could be in the jury pool almost. Uh, I mean, theoretically, I guess I could actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I you know, obviously you can't force everybody else to change their minds, but I'm saying, you know, all it would take I, is one guy and you can't get it or gal and you can't get a conviction of Trump if they decide if, they're dug in. If I were in South Florida, Buck, and I didn't have, you know, we didn't have our public jobs, right? I, I don't think my opinions would be any different if I, oh, I would in love South to Florida. be on that. If I like, let's say I was in the I CIA would, still, I would, I would love it. Fight to get on that jury. Yeah, of course. I would fight to get on that jury and I would 100 percent. Sit there I, I for two say, weeks and say not guilty for everything and refuse to change my opinion. This is something that uh, conservatives, because I know we don't like to be harassed by the government, and people tend to think of jury duty almost with the same abiding affection they do dealing with the IRS. It's just like, oh, like just anything but that. Like, please leave me alone. Um, We actually need honest, ethical 
constitution and America loving people to serve on juries. I, yes. I know it's it's easier said than done, but especially like you think about a Daniel Penny case up in New York. We need somebody of common sense who's not yeah. going to be brainwashed by that prosecution to thinking, yeah, you know what? Like, let's just let's just create a situation where everyone has to live in constant fear and terror and someone can run around threatening to kill people. And if anyone does something to stop that, they're the bad guy. Um, so so anyway, back back to the uh, the realities here that Trump faces in this in this election. Uh, I wonder also, you know, how this will affect those people who remember it's 50 percent of the GOP right now that is uh according to the national polls that are for trump 50 percent is for someone else correct desantis vivek haley but there'll be some consolidation there over time i think as people realize that 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 uh you know one percent that asa hutchinson's pulling it's not going to two so (laughs) there's going to be there's going to be some consolidation that occurs and as this gets closer I think it becomes more apparent to people that the single most important thing of all here uh, is going to be who can win this thing. And uh, that also means that when you're, when you're looking at these Republican candidates, I think they should all come out and say that they would pardon, that they would, we've asked them, but that they would pardon Trump because this is going to get very real here with the J6 charges coming down as well. You may have President Trump. It is possible based on the timelines we are seeing, they're going to try to lock him up in prison. Yeah. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm not saying he'll be convicted. I am saying, though, this is not a crazy thing to consider. And I do believe overwhelmingly that Democrats, I mean, the Democrat approval of locking Trump up in a cell in the election year, I would wager is 95%, 99%, something, you know, basically all of them. And and that just shows you what the mentality really is. Now, Trump has said that he would still run even if he was... uh, in prison and this is going to be the biggest political story in some ways maybe of our lifetimes if this all goes down the way that we're expecting it to i don't think anything else could really compare with this but um i i wonder to your point to your first point here about what this will do to the president it's hard for us all because i think we've realized no matter what the the election interference now has been turned up to a point where it, it, you know what are we supposed to do there is no such thing as it being fair to Trump at this point, right? There's no fair. When when you've got prosecutions, including prosecutions that even honest Democrats will say are just total crap, they're 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 rigging the game right now. And and one of the frustrations I think for a lot of people is we can vote, we can rally, you can you know, you can donate to your candidate, you can donate to Trump, you can rally behind him. None of that is going to change any of what we're talking about on the legal side. This is the machine operating without a care about whether people think it's fair or not, and he's their candidate or not on the outside. In fact, if anything, it's happening because of the people that would vote for Trump, and they want to take that option away from them. And I just think that there's a little feeling of of um, both a lot of anger, um, and then there's a little bit of a feeling of helplessness, too. It's like, how can this be happening in the country right now? Like, How yeah. can you have? the leading Republican presidential contender and a former president. And there is something, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I would say a former Democrat presidents, like if someone said, oh, I saw Bill Clinton and I was shouting at him and telling him how awful he is, I'd be like, hey, like the former president, he's not in power anymore. Like we should as a, as a society want to have respect for people that have held that office even after they've left the office at, at some level. I'm not saying you can't criticize them. Obviously, we criticize them all the time, but we don't want to lock them in cells, you know, we don't want them or, to have to be doing public showers. Restaurants. Yeah, right? or, or, you know, but that's what I mean. There's a breakdown in the most basic respect and decorum that these prosecutions represent as well. It's, it's debasing us as a country that they're doing this to, you know, we're looking at this from the he's running for president side, but there's also the this is a former president they're doing this to. And we used to all understand, like, guys, unless someone murders somebody or something, they're a former president. For the benefit of the country, we're going to let some things go. Nixon, Clinton, and now they're doing the exact opposite. And there's something really, uh, yeah, nefarious, but, um, you know, there's something profoundly disturbing about that for the country. I I think that is 100% correct. And I just look at the practical requirements. It is grueling 
for anyone to be standing trial. That's the reality. And and I hope, I would imagine, the vast majority of our audience has never been in a courtroom, never been facing criminal charges. But the amount of energy and effort and intensity that you have, I mean, Buck, the jury draws much of its opinion based on how sometimes the defendant behaves throughout the course of this trial. And so Trump is going to be being stared at by jurors who hold his potential future freedom in their hands all day. And then is he going to get on? I don't know what the plan is going to be. Is he going to get on his plane and fly and do rallies? Because the big success, I would say, of the Trump 2016 and 2020 campaign was these big huge rallies where they found tons of new voters and were able to mobilize them how do you do that if you're on trial in south florida i will say this because i saw it up close and personal as a much um you know maligned and ambushed conservative at cnn in the election year one one thing that i don't think was taken into account was trump was able to jujitsu the Democrat corporate media in 2016 into endless coverage of him because they thought it was a joke. Yeah. You know, they thought it was there's that Selena Zito line that they took him, um, you know, literally, but not seriously. And they should have taken him seriously, but not literally. Uh, they figured, oh, we'll just put this up on the air. CNN was running Trump rallies. Yeah. They gave they him well. And because they got great ratings and yeah. they thought, look at our audience. They love this, this clown, this joke. Oh, you mean the one who's going to actually crush Hillary, the most heralded handed to candidate in history? That didn't happen in 2020. They learned a lesson. Now, I know it was COVID as well, but they weren't going to do the same thing. They realized amplifying the Trump message on their airwaves played to Trump's strengths. So how does this play now? I would have said, oh, well, at least he's on, he'd be able to be on Twitter and be totally free on Twitter. He's not on Twitter. So even the media game for Trump here is going to, he's not doing a lot of Fox either. I mean, he did Sean's show recently, but he's not on Fox the same way he was before. So his message getting out there, again, this is all evolving and it's early, but it's different than it was in 2016. CNN's not going to be running Trump rally night after night. I can assure you of that. Will they have cameras in the courtroom? The general rule is no. There are certain exceptions. I would argue, I bet you would agree, that given the consequential nature of who is on trial, I would argue that 100% there should be cameras in this courtroom. If so, the Trump trial, I mean, what would we do even, Buck, on this show? I feel like we would cover a lot of that live right and analyze it in real time i guarantee you fox news is going to put it on i bet cnn and msnbc would even cover that trial trump if do you think he'll clay clay do you think he'll take the stand in his own defense that's what i'm that's where i'm kind of going here because i think he, he will. could have I think the he's opportunity trump and he will. to talk yeah. to tens of millions of people from the witness stand yeah. and arguably msnbc and cnn would have to cover that so, again, the general rule is in federal trials, this is a great question for somebody who is at court TV. If we have anybody in the audience who knows uh, the rules apply here. But I think this could be O.J. Simpson-like. You know, we had the Murdoch trial that was on. There have been a lot of different, the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial. There have been a lot of these things that were wildly popular because of the compelling drama to put it on. I think, Buck, that this could be an unprecedented opportunity in some ways, just saying, for Trump to get his message out there, to your point, by taking the stand. But also, is he going to do a press conference every day after the trial on the courthouse steps? I think I think he will do something. I mean, he's going to... Th th but this is kind of what I mean. There's going to be a reshaping of the media uh, platform here, the fire hose yeah. um, of information in a way that maybe we, we haven't seen it yet. Um, but Trump will figure something out, I think, here. All right, let's, uh, we'll get to some calls here. 800-282-2882. If you're waiting, stay with us. If you want, please call in. 
Look, Dutch Mendenhall is the CEO of Rad Diversified and the president of the Alternative Investment Association. He's also now the author of a new book, Money Shackles. What are the money shackles? Well, these shackles represent financial hamstrings that Americans have to deal with over and over again. Let me give you an example. Go to school, get in debt. Buy a car, get in debt. Dutch believes this is the wrong thought and the wrong teaching. In his book, he'll give you his strategies to use debt to your advantage and tap into lucrative alternative investment vehicles to redefine your American dream. He'll share how he built a multi-million dollar real estate empire in only three years. Dutch is on a mission to be at the forefront of the greatest financial change in American history and look beyond Wall Street and see the future of alternative investments. Get ready for the redefined American dream with Money Shackles. Learn more at therad.com. That's T-H-E-R-A-D, therad.com. The torch of truth, past and still lit every day. The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Third hour, Clay and Buck kicks off right now, everybody. Thanks for being with us here on this Friday. And I had mentioned this, uh, I think actually even yesterday on the show, um, but the situation, not just at the border, but for a lot of cities across the country because of the wide open border continues to be, well, let's just say very challenging for some of these uh, Democrat authorities out there. People who in other times and other places would indicate no doubt that they would want as many illegal immigrants as possible because what is central to the Democrat narrative is that illegal immigrants are just as beneficial to the economy and just as legally deserving of of everything, health care and school, as legal immigrants. This is what Democrats now believe. This is central to the Democrat Party view of day-to-day life in america one of the challenges that you come across when you're trying to have a conversation about illegal immigration in america today is that the democrat party the uh left-wing media that supports and amplifies all their messages they will constantly uh talk about this but never 
never admit that there's any downside whatsoever to unrestricted illegal immigration into the United States, which is what we have right now. And so one of the realities that has now unfolded is that some of these cities that have taken these individuals in from the border who have entered illegally and are now on some sort of internal parole effectively before they're supposed to show up in court, it will be years. The whole thing is just uh, is really a scam. The idea being that they're supposed to get status through asylum, but they're not going to get asylum status because they're not asylum seekers. They're people who have skipped the legal immigration process entirely and just want to stay in America. And we should always remember, and Clay, I'm sure you remember this, in the last Democrat debate in 2020, I should say the last election in the first Democrat debate, when they said on a stage full of Democrats that included, I believe, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, should illegal immigrants get uh taxpayer-funded health care. They all raise their hands. So you come into the country illegally, you're entitled to free health care, and that's just the way it is with the Democrats. There are costs that are associated with this. There are downsides. There are realities, economic realities, first and foremost, that people are starting to have to understand. They're seeing it play out. Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, has recently said, This about the illegals in his city. Play two. We stated several months ago that we have reached full capacity. And that full capacity was verbalized. And now New York is just going to be visually actualized. Uh, We're going to see how much of our cup has basically runneth over. We have no more room in the city. And we need help. They've taken in, I don't know, at this point, let's say between 60 and 100,000 illegals in New York City, something like that, newly arrived. And Clay, the New York, New York City has 8.5 million people, roughly. Maybe now it's probably 8.6 million. Um, but beyond that, they're spending more money on these illegal immigrants. I think it's 1.8 billion that they're expected to spend on their care, you know, housing, food, everything else, health care. Um, they're spending more money on illegal immigrants in New York City than they are on the FDNY, on the fire department. That's wild. Already, in one year. That's where we are. And and I just keep, to me, the the southern border situation is a function of the incentives. And if you are poor in Latin America, or if you're poor anywhere else around the world and you think you can get to Latin America to try to walk across our southern border... Imagine what those phone calls are like back home because it really is the land of milk and honey. Most people who are coming into the United States rapidly have a better quality of life here than they do where they came from, even before they get in any way kind of stabilized. Just think about this. If if I told you right now, everybody out there listening, if I told you you could make 10 times the money that you make now and all you had to do was go get into Canada, what percentage of our audience do you think would be willing to try to go to Canada? Pretty substantial. I mean, if you told most people you can make 10x what you make now and all you have to do is go to uh, go to Canada, I think a huge percentage of people would go. That's the incentive structure that we are creating. And so what's what's happening is the incentives are so incredible that you had the mayor, Eric Adams of the world, Lori Lightfoot before she got fired, Muriel Bowser, I believe, is still the mayor in Washington, D.C. They're all waving their arms saying, we welcome you because it's Democrat orthodoxy that you have to say, basically, immigrants are the greatest people who have ever existed in the history of the world. And actually, specifically illegal immigrants, to be clear. Illegal immigrants are the best of all the possible immigrants, and actually better than Americans. They're harder working and better than Americans are. That is what Democrats believe. And now they finally are recognizing that they don't have the resources to be these so-called sanctuary cities, and that there are consequences associated with you and me and every single taxpayer out there. This is why, Buck, I know you left New York City, but this is why if if I made my salary right now and I lived in California or I lived in Illinois or I lived in New York, every day that I woke up, 
I would be furious that I am paying 15%, basically, of what I make for the privilege to live in that state. Or I could be in Texas, Florida, Tennessee, states that I know I I agree with their leadership more on a political basis and make 15% more. Buck, this is... I, I, I don't think we talk enough about the degree to which New York, California, and Illinois, in particular, basically Chicago, New York City, L.A., San Francisco, they have so many high-earning people that are paying the taxes that allow those cities to function in any kind of way. And the more money you make, those guys and girls, the angrier I think they're getting at the dysfunction that they see around them, why would you stay? I mean, I mean, unless you have like some physical connection that does not allow you to do your job in those states, it boggles my mind that anyone would be willing. In particular, California, which has every advantage, the most beautiful place almost in the world, Southern California. But people are finally just yeah. saying, I can't do it anymore. And, and you know, Clay, it, it's we didn't get to this yesterday. I, I meant to mention it. I'll mention it today. You're talking about the taxes in New York City, and and this is this is meant to be a stand-in. The same things, the same kind of expenses, the same decisions by the political class are being made in D.C., Chicago, L.A., San Fran, Seattle, you know, Houston, Atlanta. Go down the list. All the same kinds of calculations being made in these places all the time. Democrats are in charge. Their ideology is what is pushing all of this. But in New York, they are paying. $13 million, about ten grand each, to protesters who were arrested in 2020 during Black Lives Matter uh, riots, yeah. protests, whatever. Depends on which one we're talking about. So now they're just handing out $10,000 to people because in some cases they were kettled, which is when police say, you got to clear the area, you got to clear the area. And if you don't, they effectively swoop in around um, and kind of, trying to describe it like like lasso in or or you know use uh uh they they it's like a kettle you know they say it because like a kettle of fish they kind of wrap around everybody and then they start yeah. making arrests um and people are getting arrested for or people are getting arrested for all kinds of things including throwing rocks at cops and getting all crazy on the streets now they're just handing out i mean ten thousand dollars to yeah to hundreds of them they were held too long or whatever what message does that send to people I mean, these BLM riots were nothing but destructive. It was idiotic what was going on in the streets of New York City. I was there. They helped no one. They made everything worse. They ruined businesses. They broke in and looted things. And we're pay- and now not now tax dollars of New Yorkers is going to pay them off because uh, they were in custody for an hour too long or something. They all should have been prosecuted for every single infraction committed. Instead, all of the infractions are let go, and now they're getting checks. This is why I think if we had an honest media, which we fundamentally do not, there would be a massive examination of the money being spent on January 6th prosecutions, in particular in Washington, D.C., Buck, and all of the felonies being dropped in D.C. The only people getting prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law in all of the District of Columbia, our nation's capital, are people who walked into the Capitol on January 6th. Everybody else, the data reflects the the district attorneys there are dropping almost all felony charges against people and reducing them to misdemeanors. And the crime rate, not surprisingly, is skyrocketed in Washington, D.C. Actual violent crime, not January 6th, mostly uh, mostly people who did not create uh, massive violent acts. And that's what and Kamala Harris, you're talking about the BLM protests. Yeah. She raised money to bail people out. Imagine if Trump had what the media would say, and frankly, I think this is one area where Trump has been weak. I wish that he had been more aggressive in trying to get the January 6th political prisoners adequate legal representation. He raised a lot of money for for that issue, and then until the 2022 elections did not give money to their defense. And that's from Julie Kelly. So I don't need anybody emailing me to say that that's not true. It is true. Nothing was done for their defense, for the funds raised, until the 2020 election and people started saying, hey, what about the $250 million that was raised? 
Yeah, 2022. Yeah. I mean, I donated money directly myself to those January 6th uh, political prisoners because I believe everybody deserves the best possible legal representation they can get. Those guys, some of them are still in prison since, I mean, for years now, and they still haven't uh, stood trial. What you've seen is that somehow the Democrats, the same way that they have been able to corrode and overtake so many institutions because of their... This, the Soros-backed prosecutor plan, for example, and really just all of its ideological offshoots. It's not all just the Soros prosecutors, but there's a lot of them. Um, but similar-minded left-wing activists, what you've seen is that they punish lack of obedience to the state severely, and they punish people hurting their fellow human beings in these cities lightly, if at all. And that's how they use the power they are given as prosecutors and as authorities meant to enforce the law and to keep us safe. You're in much better shape going before a prosecutor saying, you know, that if you if you stab somebody during a robbery, then you are if you know you were involved in January six or the elector scheme or anything else, the maximum for those people, but the person who stabs an innocent person on the street, you know, maybe they had a rough go. Social justice. Maybe they didn't have a nice mom and dad growing up. We don't want to punish them too harshly. Maybe we give them another chance. Maybe it's arrest number 100, and uh, we're going to wait till arrest number 101 before we actually have any consequences for them. This is what you see in all these cities. Everybody's aware of it. And the fact that Democrats haven't paid a bigger price in elections local all the way up to the presidency um, is is honestly, it's just enraging. It's just mind-blowing and, and upsetting. Yes. <laughs> and, oh, man, we got so much still to talk about, even though it's Friday. Uh, on 9-11, 2,977 people lost their lives. Today, 9-11-related illnesses continue to take lives. Yet a whole generation knows little to nothing about our nation's darkest day. Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is righting this wrong by educating kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about 9-11. Their nonfiction first-person accounts told through videos and book series. The accounts are moving and unparalleled. Kids won't forget these true stories. The Institute offers full curriculum units with scripted social studies lessons, activities, background for teachers, a speaker's bureau for classrooms with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, and loved ones. They've also built a mobile exhibit, too, to travel both students, uh, to, to educate both students and adults with a traveling interactive museum with 9-11 artifacts. To never forget, we must educate future generations. Let's help our nation honor its vow. We both support Tunnel to Towers Foundation with a monthly donation. Will you join us with an $11 a month gift to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org? That's T, the number two, T.org. Keeping it real. Keeping it honest. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 